It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But MIDI Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. 050 Live Free. Hello, everyone. I'm Donna Fiducia. And I'm Don Newen. And this is Cowboy Logic Radio. Welcome to Cowboy Logic Radio, Good evening, everyone. ladies and gentlemen. I'm Don Newen, and I'd like to be the first to welcome you to tonight's absolutely riveting episode of Cowboy Logic Radio. Boy, have we got a whopper for you. Back to you, Donna. Why do I feel like the last couple of weeks have been kind of like a void? It's like we're in the... Do 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 in the twilight zone or You've something. You've got the COVID-19 Wuhan <laughs> China virus void, Donna. I think it's the Wuhan China virus blues is more like Chai- it. Na. Chai- <laughs> Na. It's C-H-I-N-A-H. Dash. N-A-H. China. <laughs> you know what? I got to tell you, though, these briefings that Trump does... You gotta epic. get you got epic briefings. <laughs> epic. 
you got to get popcorn for them. After he's done with, you know, this, maybe he brings Dr. Scarf out or, or, or Fauci or whomever. But then the fireworks begin when CNN and MSNBC and CBS, on Sunday, CBS had some woman. And the foreigners. Who basically. The foreigners are always a lot of fun to watch too, Donna, don't you think? The <laughs> foreign journalists. Well, they're more, they're a little more respectful than the ones some from America. Some of them America, are not, though. Donna. No, that's true. Some of them are. But the one from CBS. What country are you over from? The, exactly. <laughs> Who do you work with? <laughs> do you work for the state of China's state run government? Well, actually, one of them did and was was invited, I think, a few weeks ago. I don't think he's there anymore. A few weeks ago, though, by one of the major networks invited one of these guys in from Chinese state. They said that he or she was from Taiwan. That really was not the uh, case. Mr. President, do you feel that you are inciting violence? With the protesters. <laughs> uh, Mr. President, do you Who feel... Who do you work for? Mr. President, <laughs> are you going to put your name, personally sign every check? <laughs> what kind of stupid question is that? I mean, these people are supposed to be White House correspondents and reporters. It is. Could you imagine them asking this of, of Barack Obama? Instead, they get, oh, I'm going to get a thrill up my leg with Barack Obama. What's and, one and, of your favorite lines from Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid? Morons. There you I've go got morons on my team. <laughs> yeah, morons swimming around in the press pool. <laughs> it's unbelievable. So this woman from CBS over the weekend says something like, well, Mr. President, um, you know, don't you think that, you know, more and more people are, are dying? He said, no, I... I, I stopped the Who band. Who do you work with? No, aren't, don't you think more and more people are dying because you've had some, whatever, his, you know, his, his rallies that yeah. have tens of thousands yeah. of people show up? He goes, no, I stopped the ban of people, you know, I put in a ban of people traveling to and from China on January 31st. Well, but you had these, these rallies after that. He goes, so? How many people were dead on January 31st in the United States? And she's like looking at him like he goes, you know, you don't you're not even prepared. You oh, know, I love it, it when he so... asks these faux journalists to cite, you know, the source of their ridiculous question or the the statistic that's the basis of their stupid question. And they can't do it. Well, that's actually something that... Well, Dan... you're not very prepared, are you? <laughs> no, really. But that's something that Dan Bongino has highlighted quite a bit. And obviously, I don't even see Fox saying this all that much. But this is the way that the mainstream media is working. And, and in fact, Comey even admitted it. I, I, you know, when he said I, I gave them, you know, leaked information, it wasn't leaked information. He made it up. And so what happens is a lot of times they want something to happen so badly. They cook up a scenario. They go to the New York Times who prints it. And then they go to the authorities. This is the media will go to the authorities and say, well, you know, it must be true. Because the New York Times printed it or whatever. That's how they got the FISA warrants. Mm -hmm. the, you know, it's, it's crazy that they're getting away with this. You know, I want to put some stats out here. The Great Depression took three years to get to 25% unemployment. This has taken... Three days. Three days. <laughs> I was going to say three weeks, but I think you're right. It's more like three days. Models of unemployment versus death rates is far more than the COVID-19. Now, I don't believe in models to begin with, but I can honestly say 
and it doesn't take a genius to figure this out. Suicides are going to spike. Domestic violence is going to spike. Murders are going to spike. Petty crime is going to spike. Robberies are going to spike. And they already have. Here in Carroll County, Georgia, one of the news things last week, and we're only a few weeks into this now, basically said the suicide hotline is seeing 200% more calls than it normally does. And that's really scary because you have to weigh the deaths against... I honestly didn't even know we had a suicide hotline in Carroll County, Georgia. Yeah, well, I, I might have been for the region, but the person well, I mean, who was talking was from one, Carroll but County... The point is, up until now, I didn't even know we had one. But the thing is, New York State doesn't live... And, well, Fulton County lives a little more like New York City. Any industrialized city is going to be more similar and probably has more seasonal flu deaths like New York does. And I'm sure it's the same in Fulton County. I'm sure it's the same in Los Angeles. But any other place, maybe Chicago, obviously, and New Orleans, but outside of metropolitan areas, you've got something like 40 states that have maybe Less than 100 deaths. If you want to go up to 250, you've got like 45 states that don't even have 250 deaths in states with millions in the population. In fact, the state of Wyoming, millions, yes, Don's putting his pinky up to his lip, millions and millions. It's not funny. The state of Wyoming, I think, has hey, wait two a deaths. Hold on, hold on. It Before you get back into your stats, it is funny, and let me tell you why it's funny. No, your face because is you made, making me laugh. You made it through your entire professional career Without anybody, That's including true. Howard Stern or Don Imus, they always tried to make me laugh. People making you laugh. You okay? make me laugh all the time. I I make you laugh on the air. Nobody ever was able to do that. Now, hold. Let me put my pants back on. Well, Dave, actually, Dave Herman did make me laugh once because you know what he did. He used to have a segment called "Name That Tune." <laughs> This was pretty bad. I had a group called the Legendary Earthlings, and I know Victor Harrison might be listening. And Victor was a great songwriter. I was really just kind of there. I played the flute, and I sort of You were like the tambourine player uh, in the Partridge family, that little girl that used to play play tambourine, but she never played on beat. Yeah, no, that I could do. That I could do. So... Dave got hold of a legendary Earthlings <laughs> little EP that we Eight did. Track. It. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It was vinyl and had three songs on it with our little picture in the middle with the hole cut out. It was a 45 is pretty much what it was. And he starts to play one of the songs I'm listening to and I'm going, man, it really sounds familiar. <laughs> And I couldn't name that. Tune. Are you serious? You couldn't I name your own band's <laughs> tune? Whoa. That was a few years later. Are they on why. in the where are they now bin? Yeah, they never made it to the where <laughs> are they bin, let alone the where are they now bin. But Victor Harrison was such a good songwriter, I kinda dragged him down, I think. But I like all of his funny. great work. Victor David Hansen. No, that was Harrison. And it's not George Harrison either. But he looked like Peter Frampton until he went bald. So. I'm sure he's going to appreciate <laughs> you saying that, Donna. All right. No, he's a good guy. Yeah, I had the pleasure of meeting him. That was pretty damn funny. By the way, he does work up at Churchill Downs. Are and, you allowed to say this? Yeah, I can say that. Okay. That the uh, Kentucky Derby has been postponed until September. Can you believe that? For the first time in like 145 years, the Kentucky Derby's not being held in May. But to me, that's a good thing because horses need a few at, at that age will mature quite a bit in a few months. I bet you we might see some uh, broken records 
for that. It's a very possibility. Probably not near Secretariat's record, but I digress. All right. Remember... Back to your stats, Donna. Remember the medical device tax under Obama and Obamacare? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you wonder why we don't have ventilators and masks initially when all this took place. Because the tax drove the manufacturers overseas. Guess to where? China. China. <laughs> China. You don't ever miss a beat. So it's, it's really the fault of socialism when you think about it. And Barack Obama's never going to take the blame for that. Late 2019, by the way, Donald Trump did repeal that medical device tax. But obviously it was too late for this Wuhan China virus. China. Yes. 40% of nationwide cases and 42% of the deaths, unfortunately, are still in the New York area, New Jersey area. A woman, 86, dies in a New York hospital after being hit by another patient for not practicing social distancing. Blue! 32! That's not social distancing Well, here's either. the problem. We're, we don't have a camera set up in the studio. No, Don is, is taking a headphone and putting it on sideways so the front of the earpiece is over his forehead, attempting to get me to laugh some more. But it's not no, working. No, 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 no. What I did is I took a set of headphones, an extra set, and I put it so that it looked like a face mask in football. Oh, Okay. And because you're from New Jersey and you guys don't know what football is and your football stadiums look more like... Well, at the college level, anyhow. A picnic campground area. And the high school level, for that matter. That's right. Uh, you Actually, didn't know Rutgers what that was. isn't so great either. Rus- Rutgers, <laughs> hey, listen, Rutgers football stadium looked like a practice field at a middle school in Southeast. Yeah. Well, I got to tell you, Fridays in, in the South... Drive me nuts because I am not into this football, football thing. Football, baby. Uh, no, I, I, football. it's not into football. that. Sorry. That, that's See, here's thing. the thing. You go and up into you... the New Jersey area and you say football and they go, no, 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 you're pronouncing it wrong. Football? It's foosball. No, it's football. It's foosball. What do they play up there? Lacrosse. <laughs> Where they broom. They sweep. What do they, they use the little wicker baskets well, lacrosse, to play. The, and a lot of the players from New Jersey went to Duke and played, and I'm not talking about the Duke lacrosse that team again. that had the horrible, you know, attacks on them, which right. turned out to be false. Right. But uh, actually, um, many players that went on, I think uh, Duke, the Duke lacrosse team won the yeah. NCAA championship a few years ago. Stop. What are Anyhow, we talking about, Donna lacrosse? Yeah, well... And, But here's the thing. (laughs) Dr. Fauci was director of the National Institutes of Allergy and Infectious Diseases for the last, what, 30, 40 years? Notice how he said hydroxychloroquine, well, you know, we have to um, test it first. We're not really sure if it's going to work here. It's been around for 60 years. If you're dying... Fauci or Bloomberg? That's a good question. That is a good question. I I would venture Maybe some of our valued... Rue Stahl. Look that up and find that out for us, if you don't mind. You're a research goddess. I think Fauci might be, although it is pretty funny when he goes up to the podium. All you see is his head. You don't even see his neck. <laughs> He's got to pull the microphone way down. But, you know, who elected this guy? I'm sorry. Nobody. He's been there Nobody HIV, elected AIDS, elected him, SARS. Donna. I know. This is not funny anymore. You asked me that earlier tonight. I said nobody elected him. Okay. The point is, he's acting like he is. Mm-hmm. So he gets up there, and I always follow the money trail. He gets up there, and as soon as he, he poo-pooed it... When when 
Donald Trump said like three or four weeks ago, look, what do we have to lose? This hydroxychloroquine and the ZPAC seems to work because it's not a big problem. COVID-19, that is, is not a big problem in places where this drug is given for malaria. So let's follow it and try it here. And what happens? Bingo. You've got a black state. What is she, a senator from from Michigan, is it? Or Minnesota? Land of the woman with the very large forehead. But she said that Donald Trump saved her life. And boy, you can't have that because she took the hydroxychloroquine. She said she was dying and she took it with the Z-Pack and in three days she was better. Your cousin. Dave, yeah. better in three Cousin days. Dave. And and the thing is, Dave's on, not here, man. <laughs> hey, um, but Donna, the thing let's is, go, hold on, go back to Michigan a second. Mm-hmm. I find, see, I look, I, I must be more into aesthetics because you know I noticed the the comparison there and brought it up between Fauci and Bloomberg with regard to the height thing. There's another thing that's abnormal. A, f- a feature that to me is abnormal, and it's the size of Gretchen Whitmere's forehead. Does it's, that have to do with being from it? No, Michigan? Anything, no, no. My family's from Michigan, and they have normal sized foreheads. <laughs> this thing is bulbous. Is the next I mean, thing you talk about is Fauci and Bloomberg's nose? No. Okay. But but going back <laughs> to the governor of Michigan and her abnormally large forehead. I mean, it's Homer Simpson large. I, I haven't noticed. I really, every time she large. comes on, I just kind of I will look show you. I will you point think, this out to you. Do you think that uh, Biden's going to pick her as a running mate? That would be scary. That's a lot of forehead to pick. You got to you got to figure whoever the running mate is is probably going to end up being president if they win. God forbid. Yeah, you watch that twenty fifth come into play. Really, that'll be fast. But here's the here's the thing: you've got Fauci there for AIDS, HIV, SARS, and he had had even said that he saw something like this was coming in 2015 or 2016. So why do you do anything about it? Because Barack was the president. In 2015, the Barack Obama administration, overseen by Fauci, gave $3.7 million to the Wuhan viral lab. $3.7 million in 2015. So you got to wonder if you follow the money trail, what's going on. But again, as soon as Donald Trump, and he even said this, if I didn't suggest the hydroxychloroquine, maybe everybody would have tried it and more lives would have been saved. Because I really firmly believe that's the case. I firmly believe people could have been saved in New York if hydroxychloroquine was used immediately as soon as Trump said it. But then Fauci goes on and says, well, we need to look into this a little bit more before we suggest people use it well let's follow the money trail hydroxychloroquine and the z-pack cost less than a buck a pill in fact more like 63 cents a pill for the hydroxychloroquine what does the gilead pharmaceuticals remdesivir cost a thousand dollars a pill you follow the money trail folks Unless you, Don's holding up his good RX card. I can get, listen. <laughs> you think you can get remdesivir for less than a thousand a pill? I can get remdesivir for $996 a pill. <laughs> your, your good RX card. Yeah. But that's really scary. And Fauci has a connection. Gilead Pharmaceuticals makes remdesivir, and they have connections to the Wuhan lab. I'm sorry, folks. It's all there. Follow the money trail, and I am not happy about this. And you watch Fox, all of a sudden, everybody's talking about remdesivir now. Everybody's Gee, I wonder why. About it. Yep. This is scary. 
because the flu killed 61,000 people last year, okay? And now all of a sudden, <clears throat> we've got something here that we're closing down the entire country over that's not even near seasonal flu. And I'm not saying it's not scary. It is scary. I think it's, it's a good thing we're all learning how to wash our hands It's a now. highly contagious virus right. that has a lower death rate than the flu. Yeah. Why have we closed down the economy? Here's why we've closed down the economy. The economy was Donald Trump's Achilles heel. Going into an election year, the Democrats had absolutely nothing that they could counter they have, no, they have no candidates, they have no platform, they have no accomplishments. All that the Democrats have is a wake of destruction behind them for year after year after year. And so this was the opportunity. Now, China let this thing out and they didn't say, they, they told lies about it. They were, they were not upfront about it. And they should be penalized to the point where they can't pay attention but this was the opportunity for the Democrats. This was the opportunity for the mainstream media. This was the opportunity for the global elitists, many of which hate Donald Trump. And how are they going to get back at him? They're going after the economy. They shut down the economy. Who does shutting down the economy hurt most? It hurts Trump supporters. The middle it class, hurts his too. army. Yep. It doesn't hurt the welfare state at all. Hell, they're making more money now. They're making now. more money now because it's not even going to cost them uh, It doesn't to work. hurt all of the people that are telling us to stay in our homes and stay sequestered and stay isolated and stay out of the norm. It doesn't hurt them because they're all being paid. Everybody you see telling you this stuff still has a job. Do you remember... Uh, whenever they try to shut down the government, it's like, oh, my gosh, you can't shut down the government. They're mostly essential employees, and it's going to hurt all these people who don't get paid. And and the, the brouhaha the mainstream media does over every time the government is shut down, which normally is the only time I think the Republicans, until Donald Trump was in office, actually grew a pair. I think Ronald Reagan shut down the government three or four times. But the question is They've now... They all shut it down. Well, Reagan did it nobody more. nobody complains about it when Democrats shut it down. But the point is, they're complaining so much every time Trump was, was threatening to shut it down. And instead, they're okay with shutting down the whole country and leaving the government open. And what does Nancy Pelosi consider an emergency? She says, I'll take, quote-unquote, an emergency before I return to D.C., before May 4th. What does she consider an emergency? This is not an emergency. They're out of the $300 billion already. They want another $350 billion, and she's going to probably throw all kinds of pork in there one more time, like she got for the Kennedy Center. She is trying so hard, folks, for this mail-in voting thing because she knows the Democrats don't have a chance because they don't have a platform, like you said. They don't have a candidate, and they certainly want to cheat. That's all they do. Hey, I just hope, ladies and gentlemen, those of you that are out of work because of this, those of you that are waiting around for some government stimulus to come your way, I hope that when you're listening to this, you're thinking about what you're going to do in November. The answer to this problem lies in November. It lies with making sure that Trump stays in office for another four years. It lies with making sure that the Republicans take control of the House of Representatives and remove stretch from the 
from the Speaker of the House position. It makes sure stretch. that in stretch Pelosi, <laughs> it makes sure that the Senate is held by conservatives and Republicans. You don't have to like Mitch McConnell. He's got to stay there. He's got to stay. We have got to keep the Senate. We've got to take the House. And we got to keep Trump in office. Then what we got to start focusing on is who the hell is in our bullpen to start running for 2024. Because you know that they're going to have their eye on people like Cuomo, Michelle Obama, I've been talking about Michelle yeah, that's for scary. years. That's scary. And all of a sudden, the New York Post last weekend has this big article about Michelle yeah, it Obama. It was an opinion piece, but it made yeah. a lot of sense. Hey, the only way to defeat these people is to get them out of power. And what's really scary is if this continues, they're going to try this whole thing to go after Trump now on how he handled COVID-19. What do you think Nadler's been doing? It's ridiculous. What do you think Schiff has been doing? The other problem is using COVID-19 hysteria to stop gun purchases. Mayors in Illinois and Louisiana issuing emergency proclamations claiming your right to uh, uh, their right to ban gun sales. But you get abortion, folks. You can't really, as far as I'm concerned, socially distance when you're getting an abortion. To me, that seems like it might be a little bit of a problem if you've got COVID-19, but not to these governors. And in Georgia, Governor Kemp shut down concealed permit processes. And um, our good friend Mark Walters at Armed American Radio, his wife is suing uh, the state of Georgia over that. I mean, this is a, a rights, the Bill of Rights, which New Jersey Governor Murphy said was above his pay grade. I mean, <laughs> these governors are loving that the power. Seal his fate for his, this will be his <laughs> no, last. No, not in New Jersey. I guarantee <laughs> he's wrong? reelected. Hey, Virginia. That's if why you I'm can't Georgia figure now. out a way to get away, get blackface out of there, and the and the uh, the the uh, woman abuser. Yeah, that's the uh, uh, whatever assistant governor or lieutenant governor. You got to get rid of these people, ladies and gentlemen. These people are toxic waste problems. And you only have 238 deaths in the state of Virginia right now, and he wants to close it down to June 10th because the primary is June 9th. Donna, it's unbelievable. Badusha, we have a ginormous show. Who's coming up? Please well, let everyone we know. We haven't talked to Charles Ortel in a while. Chuck. So we are going to talk to him about things going on following the money trail with all these foundations, including the Gates Foundation. Jeffrey Clark, who served in Afghanistan, he is a nurse as well as a lieutenant colonel, so he'll give us a health standpoint from his point of view and Neil Bortz the talk master the all- geezer yes the old geezer from Naples that's how he He's wants to be introduced pleaser <laughs> it's coming up next on Cowboy Logic Radio Cowboylogic.us. 
Hi, it's Doc Thompson for Matthew 25 Ministries. Matthew 25 Ministries is one of the few charities I'll actually endorse because I know them. I've worked with them, and I know almost all of the money that you donate goes to help people. Go to m25m.org, m25m.org. Fast Track student loans can get your student loans out of default, stop any wage garnishments, stop collection calls, and stop seizure of your tax refund. Give yourself a break. Stop the stress and get your student loan payments down to as little as $25 a month based on what you can afford to pay. 800-709-4395-800-709-4395-800-709-4395-800-709-4395. Are you nearly maxed out in your credit cards? It doesn't matter if you're using your credit cards for fun or to survive. At the end of the month, your statements come in. And you can either pay them or you can't. If you can't, late fees and interest rates get tacked on. And now, you're struggling just to make the minimum payment due. Do you feel trapped? Am I talking to you? Good, because I personally researched some companies that can help you. They may be able to reduce your credit card balances by 50% and stop the late fees. If you qualify, please call our special debt hotline number right now for a complimentary free five-minute consultation. Deal with your credit card problem now before it gets much worse and put more money back in your pocket. Trust me, I've been there too. Call right now. 800-380-4293. 800-380-4293. 800-380-4293. 800-380-4293. That's 800-380-4293. You know what makes you feel really good about yourself? Doing something good for somebody else. If you'd like to do that today, go to JDRF.org. Join them in the fight against type 1 diabetes. JDRF.org. It's something good you can do for the world. JDRF.org. Welcome back to Cowboy Logic Radio. I want to say that Charles Ortel is back, and it has been quite some time because um, we love having Charles on. There's nobody who knows how to follow financials anywhere near better than Charles Ortel. He's really was the one who said GE was going under years ago, and we know what's happened with that. You've seen him on all the major news channels, especially the financial um, channels as well. He's an investment banker and an asset manager, and he does Sundays with Charles, along with Jason Goodman, who is really uh, just a wonderful um, filmmaker and now editor-in-chief of uh, crowdsource the truth and um so where can they find you on sundays is it youtube.com slash crowdsource the truth or is it charles ortel 3 p.m on sunday afternoons for sundays with charles well it's actually jason goodman is a hollywood filmmaker and he's really good at pumping his product out on many platforms so it's on the youtube channel but it's also on twitter and periscope and iHeartRadio and itunes and on and on and on uh, you know, simulcast. Yeah, he really is awesome. Sunday. He does great work. Charles, let me be the first to welcome you back to Cowboy Logic Radio. I'm <laughs> Don Newen, Charles Ortel. Welcome back. Thank you. <laughs> Are you sure of that, Don? Positive. Hey, on a serious <laughs> note, you know, nobody looks at numbers better than you do. Nobody dissects uh, financials better than you do. 
I need to find out from you because we haven't talked to you about this. We we haven't had we haven't talked to you in well, you and Donna probably talk every night, but we haven't had you on the show in a, in a while. I need to get your take on why this is this moment is happening right now in the United States. And and for that matter globally, but I I only care right now about the betterment of the United States. Why in your expert opinion are we going through what we're going through right now? Well, I think to answer that question, you have to consider who benefits from this. So um, this uh, debacle started immediately after Donald Trump was acquitted in the Senate. Mm -hmm. And I've been saying for some time that uh, the the one potentially uh, forceful argument against Trump's reelection would be if the economy were in free fall and the markets in turmoil. And sophisticated investors like Donna and, and, and you can short the market. You can, you can bet you could put on trades that where you benefit if there's chaos, especially if there's heightened volatility in the markets. And so, um, they tried everything with Donald Trump. I mean, they tried to rig the, they certainly rigged the democratic primary in 2016. They then attempted to rig the election. They tried an October surprise. It didn't work with the, the Hollywood tape. Um, then they couldn't accept the election. And we don't need to go through the whole history, but the resistance was, was fearsome. It now emerges that from a recent drops in the last week, that the FBI absolutely knew the Steele dossier was bunk, that there was no predicate for uh, the Mueller investigation. And these facts have been known to opponents of Donald Trump for a long time, and they needed something to distract. Now, how this came about yet, we don't really know. There's a debate all sides of the line. I uh, I noticed, uh, I've talked to you guys about my good friend Fabien Chalandon, who uh, is French but lives in Japan. And he pointed my attention two or three days ago to uh, a radio interview of a uh, a real Nobel winner, not Barack Obama Nobel winner, but somebody in science uh, for work on uh, HIV and AIDS. This French fellow, was a doctor, was introduced, was interviewed in French, and that ultimately made it into Zero Hedge. And he has categorically stated that this virus is not a natural, it, it didn't come out of a rat alone or a bat. And this is somebody with real medical credentials. I circulated that around, I tweeted it, and I noticed that uh, the Zero Hedge piece is deemed to be now sensitive content, potentially harmful content. <laughs> this is a this is a serious person. This is not, you know, some, somebody uh, pining like uh, Dr. Tedros, at, you know, at the World Health Organization, who is not a medical doctor. This is a Nobel Prize winning expert and doctor of genius from France, with no political act, uh, you know angles here in the United States, saying this is not something that happened naturally. So there are various and sundry theories. Who who was researching this? Where? not just in China, who has been potentially trying to engineer a bioweapon, we don't know. Um, there is one theory, of course, that it came out of the Wuhan lab and that it was just an accident. There's that theory. Um, there are the Chinese counter-argument uh, counter is that actually it was the U.S. That, that did it. The U.S. was indeed involved with the Wuhan lab, but we don't have granular... Uh, information yet on, on who created patient zero. We don't we don't really know that yet. But uh, the balance of prob- probabilities um, 
I think it points much more to a Chinese source than to a deep state evil plot. Um, and you think, what was happening in the last little while in China? We had these democracy protests going, burning out of control in Hong Kong. Uh, we had the trade war not going well for China. We had uh, the Chinese financial system, I, w- I believe, is in a shambles. And Gordon Chang, of course, has been arguing that for over a decade that it was going to blow up. And he's right. So I think to a certain extent, the Chinese, in quotes, benefit. That's before you start to think about what the retribution is going to be. Um, the Chinese have lost enormous face here already, even if someday they're proven innocent. Uh, the mood in this country, if it, if, it, if it turns out that this was a deliberate plot to tank the U.S. economy and the Western economy, uh, to put us all on the back foot so that China could swoop in, uh, if that t- turns out to be the case, I mean, the retribution is going to be brutal, militarily, financially, etc., so um, all of this uh, doesn't really help the election chances of Donald Trump at this moment. Um, and I think, you know, while, while I believe the hysteria sold by Fauci and Burks with their stupid models that were well wrong, um, that hysteria has not been put in proper context ever. The first time I heard about this, I said, okay, let's look at the number of deaths per year in the United States as a whole. And what are the principal causes? So the principal cause is heart disease, and the next one is cancer. And you're talking here 600,000, 700,000 deaths a year for heart, uh, 500,000 or so for cancer. You get down into flu, and it's like 50,000. And the sum of, the sum of um, uh, accidents and suicides is more like 200,000. So, you know, why are we in hysteria mode about a flu like virus? which does not seem to, to kill people exclusively because of the virus. It, it seems in, in most cases, you're talking about older patients who have other serious conditions, and these conditions get exacerbated in some at a time when their immune systems have been weakened. So, you know, to say that COVID-19 itself alone you know, is responsible for all this. I, I don't follow this. I don't. Well, follow. they initially said 2.2 million deaths. That's what right. had everybody panicked. And these are these quote-unquote modelers, and they're the same people who did the modeling on climate change. They can put in whatever they want to spew out whatever results they want. And I thought the same thing as you. Number one, you've got the WHO basically uh, kissing China's backside on this whole thing. China restricted travel to and from Wuhan within China, but not out of the country. So China had to know what was going on. And the Chinese trade deal also apparently stipulated that they don't need to adhere to it if coronavirus happens. I I mean, they had to know this. Well, pandemic. Well, a pandemic. Because coronavirus in its that is not a pandemic. Any more right. than the than the influenza A or B every year, and right. uh, you know, Charles, I totally agree with everything you just said, and I I want to throw one more point out, and that is I could understand shutting down the economy and self quarantining everybody if there was a toxic agent that was somehow released right. into our society that had a ninety to a hundred percent death rate or maybe even greater than, say, 
50%. But when you're talking about something that has a death rate that's actually lower than the common flu, yeah, something's yeah. just not adding up here, man. And you've got no, two... No, I agree. Okay, go ahead, Charles. Could... Yeah, sorry, i just jump in. One of the things that Jason pioneered, that Jason Goodman and I have been doing the last several weeks, is we have been walking around Manhattan um, on Sundays and talking about what we saw. And what's striking for me, again, I'm not a medical expert, but I've lived in you know this particular part of New York City for a long time. Ordinarily, you hear ambulance sirens constantly. You know, you hear fire engines, you hear police sirens. You hear, it's been like a tomb in Manhattan. And we went around to various hospitals, and they're not busy. We went to that tent at Samaritan's Purse thing in, in the 98th Street and 5th, the Graham Charities uh hospital the temporary hospital there's you know they claimed there were people inside but it didn't seem very busy we watched it for a while we didn't see a single ambulance pull up um and so there's 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 a big disconnect between what fauci and burke say and then what you see here in this supposed ground zero i mean new york city it's it's supposed to be the most affected because we're so densely populated in a small area you don't see it and then, then you start thinking through, you know, who is this Dr. Burks? Exactly. You know, who, is her, who is her husband? Her husband is very much involved as a, an advanced person for Bill Clinton. And I'm not sure if that was when he was president or after uh, being president. Fauci wrote those virtual love letters to Hillary Clinton in 2016 when she was a candidate. And, you know, Fauci's 79 years old. I mean, I, I suppose every American might want to work until they're 79 years old. But, you know, who is this guy? And what are, what are, what are his agenda items? How could he, you know, in, initially with Burks be introduced? And we have this model says this and the model says that. And, you know, models don't run the world yet. No, but they tank the U.S. economy, though. What about... The global economy. Exactly. What about Gilead Pharmaceuticals? They're connected there, no? I don't know anything about that. Okay, because I had heard that he works with Gilead and has a vested interest in remdesivir, which to me is huge because that is the main competitor to the hydrochloroquine. And it was it fits because as soon as Trump mentioned hydrochloroquine, it's hydroxy hydroxy. hydroxychloroquine, whatever. But the uh, the whole thing was, oh, no, you can't made thirteen hundred dollars off of that. Yes. Uh, Well, four hundred to thirteen hundred off of it. But, you know, it's the same people who eat Tide Pods that went and got poisoned by a similar chemical that was an aquarium cleaner. And, And now they can't have that in New York. I'm wondering how many people Governor Cuomo allowed to die by not allowing that to be used in New York. Michigan even gave in to it. Well, you know, a fair point, uh, I I promise I'll tie it in, is when we think about Fauci and Burks, they get a lot of credit from Trump and Pence and others for their great work they did on HIV and AIDS. And I'm here to tell you, the work they did on HIV and AIDS was diabolically bad. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that. That was my next question. Go ahead. (laughs) All right. So if if we look into the history of it, what happened through Bill Clinton's departure from the White House was that the branded companies in the world, the ones that sold uh, HIV antiretroviral drugs, were, were getting super high prices for their treatment, so high that there was no prayer, people in the developing world, where it was feared this disease would, you know, would truly become an epidemic, where they lived. So what one interpretation of what Bill Clinton has done, and it's in the WikiLeaks uh, emails, 
uh, while Fauci and Burks were both involved in theory as experts in HIV and AIDS, is locking down the developed world where there are uh, health systems, there are doctors and hospital beds and electricity and water and all that, into the province of the branded companies so they could continue to sell HIV and AIDS drugs at a very high price. Um, and then seeding the developing world where there are no hospitals or no doctors to speak of. There are speaking of uh, uh, Dr. Uh, fake doctor, uh, Tedros. Uh, I saw something, I haven't checked, verified it, but a statement was made that there are more doctors of Ethiopian descent in Chicago than there are in Ethiopia. And that makes <laughs> sense. I mean, if you're a trained doctor, why would you stay in a country that has no roads, no electricity, no clean water? You have people, something like, I think, 70% of the people in Ethiopia, approximately, live without access to electricity. So how, how are you going to administer modern health treatment using, you know, electrical devices and that in refrigerated uh, spaces uh, that need to be safeguarded and, you know, ICU? How are you going to do that in a country that has no electricity today in 2020? So how so, many uh, millions have uh, these guys made, both Dr. Scarf and, and Fauci? Uh, Burke, <laughs> Dr. Scarf, <laughs> she's got, she has to be making serious money, but for those scarves are expensive. <laughs> but uh, as I think you know, Donna, but uh, I, I don't think it's just the salaries. I mean, I, I think the way this kind of stuff works is there are all kinds of opportunities to get interests in companies that have promising treatments and you go, go on an advisory board and this and that. But uh, so far, I am underwhelmed by Fauci and Burks. Uh, the last person I want to take instruction from is either one of them. And I don't really want to live in an America where that's run by technocrats. You know, before you leave your front door, make sure you do this, stay six feet. I mean, who gives you the authority to say all this? I, I don't get it. Well, and if you look at the numbers now, we're six weeks into this. New York has clearly a third of all the cases in the entire country and a third of the deaths. You throw New Jersey and Michigan in there, you're at almost half, if not more. And you've got 41 states that don't even have 150 to 200 deaths. Some have 10 or less and well, they're and all what's closed amazing down. about these stats that you just talked about is that Damn. we're talking to Charles Ortel right now, who lives in the hot zone of this of this crisis, and he's not seeing it up there, right, Charles? Well, you know, I, I live in Manhattan, and you know, it could be that it's in Brooklyn and Queens and Bronx and elsewhere, but certainly not. And I've walked, you know, we've gone down to Wall Street with podcasting. We've gone all the way up to ninety eighth and fifth. We've gone. East side, west side, we're going to go again on, on tomorrow at 3 p.m., and you can see our broadcast for yourself. But just one quick comment I want to make about those steps that you just made. Um, of course, the communist mayor of New York, uh, Bill de Blasio, decided that they were just going to retroactively estimate or add in 4,000 deaths uh, as COVID-related for people who did not die in hospital. And, you know, that's, that's a big jump. And in the case of, you know, my own mother, from my personal experience, uh, when she died, after she died with the best of care, the doctors could not assign a single cause of, de of, of death. She had multiple conditions and, you know, they, they just couldn't do it. So when you start getting into this area and you hear from the experts and you see with your own eyes, the people who are dying in the main are either over 70 with conditions like obesity, hypertension, uh, weakened immune systems, and diabetes, uh, or they have those conditions and they're younger. 
But even in those cases, you don't see COVID-19 alone responsible for more than one or two percent of the, of the COVID-related deaths. So, I mean, I'm very dubious about these statistics from a number standpoint. Exactly. Not to well, mention we the had, fact... Can I bring up one thing, Donna? We, we had a conversation with a trusted source, and, and I hate it when the media doesn't reveal sources, but this woman is fearful of her job. She's an sure. ER nurse. She's in one of the hot zones. I'm going to leave it that. She's either, she's either up in New York or she's down in Louisiana, but she's in one of the hot zones. She is an ER nurse um, in a COVID-19 wing, and she told us in no uncertain terms that she has actually witnessed that which we're talking about, which is that they will rule the cause of death, COVID-19, even when it is not the cause of death, if that patient right. tested positive for it. These numbers are wrong. This is a farce. Well, it's time, not right? even close to 60,000 uh, seasonal flu deaths. It does apparently get aggressive if you do have these pre-existing conditions, especially a lung condition. But I venture to say nobody's going to die of heart disease or diabetes in the next two to three months. It's, it's all going to be COVID-19. Yes, diseases. I believe we've eradicated well. these diseases as well. Charles, um, everybody can find your work at uh, YouTube, Periscope.tv, and it's CrowdsourceTheTruth.org. That is Jason Goodman, the great filmmaker, and now your editor-in-chief's work. It's CrowdsourceTheTruth.org and also at CharlesOrtel.com. What I'd like to know is, with your work with the Clinton Foundation, is any of this, I mean, I believe the Gates Foundation is, is front and center here. You've looked at them. You've looked at the Clinton Foundation. You've looked at bad drugs that have been sent to Africa in the past with uh, Ranbaxy. Um, tell us what you feel possibly. I mean, I always follow the money trail. Is that involved here? Yeah, so uh, the latest developments, there's a great book that folks ought to read called uh, by Catherine Eban, E-B-A-N, called Bottle of Lies. And it gets into this whole area of how it came to be that Chinese and Indian generic drugs have flooded the U.S. market, flooded Western markets. And it gets into the question of whether uh, the, the uncontrolled spread by the Clintons, and in part financed by the Gates, of medicines that were not tested properly and may have been adulterated, how that process may have created uh, a resistance among the populations to, to, to viable treatments. So that, you know, this, could, this whole uh, process where we believe that a World Health Organization has any effective governance and tools outside the developing world, developed world, is a process that needs to be turned on its head. You don't just put a whole bunch of bureaucrats in the World Health Organization. It turns out, for example, that in, in March of 2003, uh, the former uh, prime minister of Norway was the head of the World Health Organization. They authorized Ramboxy drugs, HIV AIDS drugs, should say HIV antiretroviral drugs, on the basis of uh, drugs that weren't even Ramboxy product. They were, you know, pawned off as being Ramboxy. They weren't made by Ramboxy, and the test information was all the trials was all invented. On that basis, they approved them for use. The World Health Organization. And it developed, you see in the book, uh, that in, by August of 2004, they began a process at Ramboxy that culminated in their admitting, admitting that none of their drugs 
tests had ever been real. They were all just invented garbage. They tricked national regulators, the World Health Organization, people around the world. And, uh, you know, so when, when you look at this uh, and you look at Bill Gates, he's supposed to be a smart guy. He hires a, a convicted felon now, Rajat Gupta, world, you know, head of uh, McKinsey, spent time in prison after uh, being convicted of insider trading while serving on boards of directors of large companies like Procter & Gamble and others. He hires that idiot to be uh, the person to design his health uh, strategy for the foundation in 2001. And Rajat, for years, is involved doing that uh, with the Gates Foundation. Gates Foundation, we have found so far over 100 instances where the Gates Foundation gave grants to Clinton Foundation entities that were never authorized for the kind of domestic or international projects funded by the Gates Foundation. Over 100 separate times. How does a genius do that? Why was a genius doing that? So uh, recently in the Wall Street Journal, there's a piece by the technology writer based in San Francisco, uh, calling out anybody who would criticize Bill Gates as being a conspiracy theorist. This is somebody who knows nothing about charities, this, this writer. She's obviously trying to get close to Microsoft and to Gates, and has not done her homework. She's already been called out at 7 o'clock this morning by uh, some very powerful friends of mine directly on this. And, you know, so Gates has been paying off with grants people around the world for a long time. It's past time that we look deeply into his filings and ask him to explain, demand that he explain. For normal private foundations, you cannot give money to something you say is a public charity. It's independent. It's not controlled by a family. Um, it's principally getting its money from governments and the general public at large. You can't say that you're doing that when, in fact, you're giving it to organizations that don't even exist. In 2006, the Gates Foundation gave, I want to say, $16 million to a foundation that was something like the Public Health Foundation of India, whose address was in Stamford, Connecticut, <laughs> the, the, the office of Rajat Gupta. You know, there are a lot of questions that people need to ask about Bill Gates. Just because you have a lot of money doesn't make you lord of the world. And he's not a medical doctor. Dr. Scarf's daughter works at the Gates Foundation. I mean, just follow the money trail. But you had said in the past interviews with us, Charles, that obviously with nonprofits like this, the Clinton Foundation, the Gates Foundation, they're supposed to be audited every year. The IRS is dropping the ball here. A, a number of organizations are dropping the ball here. But if they finally were to audit this and find this is wrong, then people like the Gates and the Clintons would have to pay back with interest, and that would basically bankrupt them, wouldn't it? Uh, it's much worse than that. <laughs> it's way worse than that. So there's something called a taxable expenditure. That's when an entity like the Gates Foundation mischaracterizes um, its grant as being to a public charity when, in fact, it's, let's say, to a private person. I mean, I can make the argument, I think, credibly, that from a legal standpoint, the Clinton Foundation doesn't actually exist. It did not file the paperwork that it needed to file from inception to, to the present. And the IRS has a right to go in, should it choose to do its work finally, and retroactive, re retroactively revoke the charter of all these Clinton entities to operate with effect back to October 23, 1997. There's no statute of limitations here. Wow, that's so, good to know. Yeah, and so were the IRS to do its work, not just against the Gates Foundation, but against other private foundations that have given money to the Clinton Foundation and similar frauds, 
Um, you could you would you impose gigantic excise taxes against the Gates Foundation. You could even just shut it down. You know, and, and, well, and Charles, as, we only as, have as, a couple minutes left. With your knowledge of all this, what do you think about more and more people talking about how Bill Gates wants to have these vaccines where they can track people? It's insane. It's Big Brother. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I think Bill Gates is probably, you know, he's certainly an accomplished person financially, but he didn't, I think he finished one year of college. Yeah. You know, and just because you don't go to college, that doesn't mean you're not very smart, but you're certainly not trained as a medical expert because you're a billionaire all of a sudden. I mean, Jeffrey Epstein was going around the world tr- trying to, you know, hobnob with all these Nobel laureates and whatever, and he, he's another one. Who's, he spent two years at college. Um, and I'm not saying, again, I'm not saying nothing against, bad against people who choose not to go to college. Today, I probably wouldn't have gone to college, you know, knowing what I know about the campuses today. But um, you're certainly not suddenly all-powerful, all-knowing about every aspect of everything to do in the world because you're, in your 60s and you're worth over $100 billion. So no, I, I, I don't. I mean, I actually think his record needs to be examined very carefully, in particular in, particular in Africa. Why is he funding Unitaid, the largest donor to the Clinton Foundation housed within WHO, which has gotten $650 million from WHO effectively, when Bill Gates is, is you know, a substantial funder of WHO and Unitaid. All right, we got this? we got thirty seconds. I need to hit you with one last quick question, but it's got to be a teaser. Any chance that you're going to start looking into the books of the WHO? <laughs> Call that a hundred percent. Awesome, awesome. There you go. That'll save us half a billion dollars a year. Charles Ortel, thank you so much, folks. Find his great work. I mean, how cool is that to be able to watch him live, go to all these hot spots in New York and find, well, you know what? We didn't need all these beds. Thank God. That's a good thing. And you can find it at crowdsourcethetruth.org as he does these great posts with Jason Goodman. He's a filmmaker and editor-in-chief with Charles Ortel. Find him on YouTube, Periscope, all the usual spots. Crowdsourcethetruth.org and charlesortel.com. Charles, thanks again for joining us here on Cowboy Logic Radio. Thank you. And coming up next, Jeffrey Clark. He is a nurse. He served in Afghanistan, retired military. We'll talk some more health issues coming up next on Cowboy Logic Radio. This is the seditious, rabble-rousing, liberty-loving, home of fun, entertaining, and compelling talk. Mojo Five O. Breaking news this hour from townhall.com. I'm Keith Peters. The Senate has approved nearly a half trillion dollars in additional coronavirus aid. Capitol Hill correspondent Bob Agnew reports. Majority Leader McConnell says on top of the $310 billion in new Paycheck Protection Loan Funds, there's an additional $25 billion for state-led, state-led 
COVID-19 testing plans. A top priority for Minority Leader Charles Schumer, who says now that Congress has provided the startup funds for testing. It's now up to the administration to prepare a national testing strategy. Total price tank of the latest stimulus bill, some $484 billion. Bob Agnew reporting. President Trump is taking steps to suspend immigration for 60 days. White House correspondent Greg Clugston reports. The president's forthcoming executive order will not apply to temporary workers entering the U.S. This order will only apply to individuals seeking a permanent residency and other words, those receiving green cards. He says it would be wrong and unjust for Americans laid off by the virus to be replaced by new immigrant labor. Under the executive order, immigration will be halted for 60 days and then be reviewed. Greg Clugston, Washington. At today's White House briefing on the coronavirus, FDA Commissioner Stephen Hahn says government regulators are working to ensure coronavirus tests coming to market are safe and accurate. We're working with CDC and NCI to actually validate some of the more than 90 manufacturers who've notified us that they brought their tests to market to do an independent validation. And that process is going. We expect to hear more information this week about that. And we will provide that information uh, in a transparent uh, manner. U.S. health regulators have also okayed the first home coronavirus test from LabCorp. On Wall Street, the Dow down by 632 points. The Nasdaq dropped 298. The S&P 500 lower by 87. More on these stories at townhall.com. We would like to remind all of our listeners that the views and opinions of the show hosts and their guests appearing on Mojo 5 Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of Cuddle Me Buff LLC, its owners and partners, or this network. Thank you for listening to Mojo 5 Radio. Hi, it's Doc Thompson for Matthew 25 Ministries. Matthew 25 Ministries is one of the few charities I'll actually endorse because I know them. I've worked with them, and I know almost all of the money that you donate goes to help people. Go to m25m.org, m25m.org. Here's important new information from the Diabetes Solution Center for you, a family member, or a loved one suffering with diabetes. If you have lost your provider or if you need a provider for diabetic supplies, you may qualify to receive your diabetic testing supplies now with little or no out-of-pocket cost, regardless of your age. All you need is Medicare or private insurance to be potentially eligible. Call the Diabetes Solution Center right now for details. Just takes a couple of minutes. Our friendly, knowledgeable agents will give you free, no-obligation information, handle all the insurance paperwork, and make sure your supplies are delivered directly to your door for free. Call U.S. Medical Supply 24 hours a day. 800-597-9323. 800-597-9323. 800-597-9323. Call right now. 800-597-9323. If you said the world has gone crazy, I think 99.9% of the Earth's population would, in fact, agree with you. Here's the thing. You can never be too prepared for the craziness that's happening all around you. Keep your head while others are losing theirs. Go to preparewithmojo50.com. You will find an emergency food supply with a big discount because you are a Mojo 50 listener. It's not about uh, panic. It's about being ready for anything. Preparewithmojo50.com. Happily promoting the four F's, freedom, faith, free markets, and fun. Mojo Five O. Hello, everyone. I'm Donna Fiducia. And I'm Don Newen. And this is Cowboy Logic Radio. Cowboys didn't dance, didn't wear the 
Cowboy Logic Radio. I'm Donna Fiducia, along with Don Newen. He hasn't blurted out his name recently. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of feeling something's missing in the show. Not really. I'm maturing. Never. That I'm ain't maturing. M- maturing. <laughs> it's just not going to happen. I'm Don Newen, and I hear our next guest rattling ice cubes around in a glass. <laughs> Back to you, Donna. That would be one Lieutenant Colonel Jeffrey Clark, retired. What exactly is he doing in the background? I don't know. What are you doing there? (laughs) We'll find out in a minute. I'm drinking water from my thermo flask, and it's good to be here with you folks and the listeners of Cowboy Logic Radio. Thank you. Thank you, Colonel. Well, since you're in Texas, you can use a plastic straw, too. You don't have to go to those stupid other little, you know, cloth straws that crunch up after a couple little sips. I use sippy cups. Okay. Jeffrey is a a clinical nurse. He has just been all over the world. He enlisted in the Marine Corps in May of 82. He was assigned to the Branch Medical Clinic in uh, Awakanui, Japan. I can pronounce that. There you go. (laughs) He's been in Hawaii, Japan, Korea, Europe, and we actually first talked with him when he was working in Afghanistan. Again, he's a clinical nurse, folks. He's he's seen it all. He's been there. He's done that. And I guess the worst I would venture to say exactly would have been the, um, the the work you did in Afghanistan. And you also received a bronze star, which is just I guess hits home because his dad did as well. And and Jeffrey Clark. Throughout your life experiences were, were really, I think, the only reason why you did anything decent was because of white privilege. Well, Donna, I don't know about the white privilege since uh, my mother was black, my <laughs> father was black, I'm black, uh, and I've also been to Africa, too, so I, I really can't claim African-American. I think Charlize Theron has more claim to being African-American than I do. I know. I, our our, our mutual there. friend, David Webb. <laughs> just, just well, you know, Donna, I was listening to David when he, uh, when that reporter from CNN said he experienced white privilege. Yes. <laughs> it's just that's so my, ridiculous. Well, listen, I'm my, sure, Colonel, like all of us, there's got to be a whitey in the woodpile someplace <laughs> with you, my brother. <laughs> that is true. My, uh, my mother's father was half white. There you um, go. So you do have white privilege. There you go. We found it. There you it. go. The libs <laughs> yeah, will pin it on uh, you, man. All right. If there's a I whitey in the, the woodpile, uh, <laughs> you've got white privilege and you are found guilty well, of that. Well, right. actually, I want to get right to that. Don and Donna, I don't think any uh, American descendant of slaves or ADOS doesn't have uh, uh, Caucasian blood in, in his or her body because, after all, there was plenty of miscegenation going on. Uh, such as, you know, Thomas Jefferson. Thomas and Jefferson, yep. There you go. We all know so about there was that. Of, there was plenty of miscegenation going on in the slave quarters, and that uh, means that we're inextricably related. Um, and after all, the anthropologist has shown the 
originality of the human race started in in the continent of Africa. So with the, so I don't know about I don't know about white privilege. I I benefited from United States of America privilege. There you go, there brother. You go. No, Marine I Corps. knew you would go there. I knew you would go there. Marine Corps privilege. <laughs> you know, uh, seriously though. It's unbelievable how they're starting to say that the COVID-19 virus, the Wuhan China virus, is racist. They actually have a woman that works on this team with Dr. Fauci, and and Tucker Carlson exposed uh, her last week. She is a black woman, and she's basically saying that this is all white privilege. And, you know, it scares me to have somebody who might be working to possibly tell us how we're going to combat this disease that basically thinks like that. Well, Donna, it's, it's, it's hard. Again, once again, I mean, it was about almost six years ago, uh, pretty much, I think it was May, that we were talking while I was in Afghanistan, and, and a lot has happened. And uh, I'm, I'm glad not only to have uh, become friends, but I'm always a fan of you and Don's work. So we're getting back to the uh, the subject at hand. First of all, this this, this COVID, our communist, Chinese communist virus, party virus, I call it, the CCP virus, it doesn't discriminate. Now, what happens is, if you have pre-existing conditions, now, uh, you can't, there's two things you can't escape, heredity and ethnicity. So, if you have a family history of high blood pressure and diabetes, which many black Americans have, I myself included, and I have a family history of high blood pressure is controlled with meds. That would be identified as a comorbidity. Now, this virus uh, happens to take that route where folks have comorbidities, so they have a disease process already going on, and then it takes advantage of that and overloads the system, and then basically it uh, it goes and calls uh, into your lungs and stops uh, the uh, alveolar exchange in your lungs. Because what it does, the virus gets in, in there and calls... Uh, hemolysis, and which means it breaks up the red blood cells, which are used to, you know, carry oxygen. And if you can't carry oxygen, you can't breathe. And what uh, certain things like hydrochlor, uh, hydrochloroquinone does is it stops that hemolysis from occurring. Now, why you don't have that many cases in, say, Africa or India? Because they have malaria. And that drug, uh, hydroxychloroquinone or Plaquenil, is used as a prophylaxis against malaria. So this presents, this, this coronavirus presents similarly to malaria. Um, I've watched, you know, I've read a little bit in, in, about it in, in, in journals, and uh, there's a, a app called Figure One that do, does case studies on people with profound uh, acute respiratory distress syndrome, ARDS or wet lung, and that's what, at the worst, that's what happens when uh, COVID-19 goes untreated. Um, and they've used these drug pa- pathways such as hydroxychloroquinone, Zithromax, which is an antibiotic, and zinc. Uh, and they have, they have shown that they have had success stories. I have a friend of mine I was, who deployed to Afghanistan with who was, uh, he's a diabetic. I won't mention his name. I'll just call him JB for his initials. He had full-blown, he went and did the uh, hydrochloroquinone, Quinone, Z-Pack, Zinc, and vitamin C, and elderberry, and he has made a complete recovery. How long did it take so, him? 
I think he told me two or three days. Damn. See, I'm hearing that more and more, too. And the thing is, you've got New Yorkers who have such serious Trump derangement syndrome, and they jumped all over Trump weeks ago when he mentioned this therapy, and they weren't allowing it. I firmly believe that the death toll would be much lower in New York, not to mention the fact that they're counting just about everything that that's marginal as COVID-19. But I firmly believe the death toll would be a lot lower if these people weren't so damn stubborn in their Trump derangement syndrome. I would agree. Um, in fact, Dr. Fauci, who I've met personally when I was uh, uh, a nursing student at Howard University, and during that time it was the AIDS epidemic, I find him, he's a very smart guy, but he's a Washington, D.C. Uh, cesspool bureaucrat. I don't call it the swamp. I call it a cesspool because D.C. is uh, a cesspool is you know where feces and fecal matter go to rot. A swamp is a is highly efficient ecosystem. So the uh, dismal Elk, Okie, Finoki, Bayou, and uh, Everglades are offended when everybody calls D.C. a swamp. <laughs> so <laughs> get into that. You know, he's a bureaucrat. He's a medical bureaucrat. And uh, so, and I know he's uh, he's in league with a lot of high-powered people because of his profession, so he's not gonna he's not gonna jeopardize his his standing. And uh, but when he says, "Hey, that's not the uh, appropriate use for the drug," he is correct because there were there's very few tests now. They've got they're doing testing on people with COVID nineteen or coronavirus and the use of uh, anti-malarial drugs, and they're seeing they're seeing some results. It was a French study I first read. And whether you can believe the Chinese study or not, I go with the French. So yeah. the French study said that they had some uh, they had some success with the, with that. Now they're studying it uh, in our with our with our research uh, personnel. So we'll see we'll see when they start doing what's called the double buying studies. And and I'm not a I'm not a research researcher. Or I don't play one on TV. But it's a lot of uh, you know they have a control group and then they have a disease group and then they give the disease the uh, the disease group with the uh, uh, active form of disease of COVID-19 or coronavirus, they give them the, the medication, and then the other one, they get a placebo, and they see, and then they do the trending from there. Uh, and now that's a very uh, rudimentary explanation, but that's what happens. And so, so far, we're seeing positive results uh, with people like that, co- like that state Congress representative that uh, the president put on. Right. She had said she had it, and she took the uh, hydrochloric, hydrochloroquinone, and uh, ZPAC and made a full recovery. And so, and, and Dr. Fauci was saying these things were anecdotal. Well, you start with anecdotal, and then as you get anecdotal more and more, then you start seeing a trend. So, and I think people are, 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 are looking at that. And uh, Plaquenil has shown great uh, studies and success with people with lupus and rheumatoid arthritis. Yep, yep. Now, India produces 70% of hydrochloric uh, which gives me pause because we should not be having our strategic medical assets or uh, drugs or anything, supplies, equipment produced overseas. It should be done here. And in fact, it should be done in places like Owsley County, Kentucky, which is probably the poorest place uh, in America. Uh, it's in cold countries in eastern Kentucky. They should put, build a, a, a pharmaceutical manufacturing uh, company there, a warehouse, uh, uh, or in, or in Lewiston, Mississippi, Mississippi, which is the uh, poorest county in Mississippi, and go to these underserved poor areas 
train the people there because that's exactly what the car dealerships like Nissan and BMW and Kia, they went to these areas in the South that were, were basically poor, built plants, hired the people from within the, the community, and now you have, you have a, mid, a, a burgeoning middle uh, to upper middle class uh, successful community. That's the model. That's what should be, we should be doing. And furthermore, if we did that, we wouldn't have to depend on the Chinese. Exactly. I'm sure there are a lot of of American folks and the people and the listeners in your audience that say, hey, I will pay additional costs if it's made here to prevent the Chinese from, uh, you know, screwing us. Yep, clearly. I know it's a G-rated show. Colonel, while, while you certainly are not a researcher, you have spent time in battlefield environments in which you have seen a, a an abnormal amount of death. And the reason that I'm bringing this up is one of the statistics that I am not buying into are the number of deaths that they are listing that are uh, allegedly due to COVID-19. Now, we've spoken to numerous doctors and numerous ER nurses um, about this very point in which... An individual comes into the hospital or comes, ends up passing. They die. Whether it's a gunshot wound or pneumonia or a stroke or a heart attack or <laughs> infection related, whatever it might be. And if that individual tests positive for COVID-19, that ends up being the cause of death. That would be like in many of the situations that you were in overseas in battle environments. If, a, if an individual is, is, uh, is a casualty due to a shrapnel wound and you happen to test them at the time for COVID-19, that would be the cause of death. Why are they getting away with bogus numbers? Well, I think because... The media has, we have a disingenuous media, especially the mainstream media. And they have vested. Remember when Bill Maher said, we need to do something to uh, affect Trump re-election. And his strength is the economy. So we need to attack the economy. So what better, if you track this, I, I, I go back to the same thing happened in the 1930s when Orson Welles made that recording of War on the Worlds and caused the nationwide panic. This is the same thing. Overreporting of the numbers. And in that example you gave, Don, if a person died of a shrapnel wound, he died of a combat trauma related to a shrapnel that uh, penetrated and uh, dissected his aorta. So he literally bled to death because of the combat, not because of COVID-19. Uh, COVID-19 is a, is a sequela or a sequel to what happened. A person died of a heart attack. Yes, they're doing that to inflate the numbers. And, and think, think about it. Where? Where are we seeing the inflated numbers? We're seeing it in New York, uh, San Francisco, Detroit, Chicago, where you used to have uh, mass transportation and people living close together. In the more uh, rural areas, you don't see many cases. And even the rural states, I think Idaho is then opening up. I mean, even Texas, I think they had about maybe six to 7,000 cases, but less than 300 deaths. Well, here's the thing. If they show the true number of deaths that are actually COVID-19, there may be very, very few, less than less than 2% possibly. And so if they show those day, those those statistics, there's absolutely no support for the hysteria of this narrative they have. 
And there's, I, I don't see that there's any way that they will actually tell the truth with regard to the deaths, because if they do, this entire thing, this entire thing is nothing more than the United States and, for that matter, globally being duped. And they can't do that. These numbers still have to keep going up or they look like complete frauds, which, in my opinion, many of them are. I, I agree, and if you've seen the uh, one of the one of the late, uh, more recent uh, President Trump cr- press conference, where he had all the negative things the media was saying about him that were untrue, and he put it there, and CNN and MSNBC cut right away from it, uh, or or like how they do uh, uh, Chanel Rion from One American News. That seems to be the uh, the network of choice for for the, the uh, uh, conservative leaning audience. Where you get, they just give news. Um, I mean, they're what Fox used to be because even Fox is starting to. Since uh, Roger Ailes and, and uh, Rupert Murdoch surrendered control to his sons, they're starting more left leaning. So, all people want is factual information. Let us make up our minds. Uh, you know, I, I just received from my children. I just received notice from their school district that the school year is uh, terminated, so there will be no more of them going to school for the rest of the school year. So now I think people are, are really getting involved with, with their uh, children's education. Uh, they send it firsthand, and, and they see how valuable homeschooling uh, was and has, and has become because it, it's, it's a tremendous responsibility that uh, you know, parents have to educate their children, but they're, they're getting them out of that indoctrination system of government schools. And so that's, a, that's the, an upside of this. And we, we, we're, seeing, we're seeing the frailties of, of, of uh, our, our, our government. You know, it's a pandemic. You cannot defense against a germ. Nobody can, because I hear in, in, on social media, you know, the president fired the pandemic team. But when people on the pandemic team say, no, he didn't fire anybody. He got one admiral that was running it. He, he quit, didn't reassign him. And when we got folded into other areas, I mean, you, you know, all the alphabet agencies of the government, each of them, especially the ones that have to deal with health has a pandemic response team. And plus, he's got the military. That's we what have, I want to know. know. Fauci's been there for 40 years. He's been through all this. Like you say, basically really didn't do much for HIV and AIDS even. He said supposedly back in 2015 and 2016, before Trump was even elected, that we've got another pandemic coming. Well, if you look at the history, they happen every two years. They happen to happen... Uh, on election years, I wonder why. On election years. You know? Yeah. But, so why didn't he see it coming? He's totally, totally inept, in my opinion, and the same with Dr. Scarf. Well, the thing is, with these, with these pandemics, I mean, we always, we're always going to be in that situation. And think about this. The first thing that the president did was close the borders and, cl- and stop air travel from China. And he's so a xenophobe. He, and he's anti-immigrant and everything else. Well... Joe Biden called, said that when he first closed it, then he later in flip-flop and said, oh, yeah, he was right to, to, to shut down the to borders. Because you have to shut down to buy yourself time to see, you know, the five W's, who, what, where, when, and why. Where did this come from? That's, and then they figured it out. Patient zero was up in Seattle. And you see they had that uh, big increase of patients. Now the, the curve is flattening in Seattle. So they, 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 they narrowed it down, and then whoever in the State Department authorized that cruise ship that was in quarantine in Japan to let the, let the uh, passenger off, that was uh, another one because a, a, a ground, a patient zero was here in San Antonio. So when you stop all methods of public transportation and close the border, that 
stems out uh, new cases from happening. I that think was that's well going to save Trump. Trump did it on January 31st, and he was totally lambasted for it. Again, though, with the media, as you say, it's it's a, it's a cesspool. It's not the swamp. It's a cesspool. And, and unfortunately, I was part of the New York media for, for decades. They won't give him a break. They're still saying that, that Biden, even though he's on tape saying he withheld aid from Ukraine to the tune of billions with the, the OK of Barack Obama, they refuse to show it. They double down on stupid. And I've stolen this from you a million times, Colonel Jeffrey Clark. Again, as you said, it is not a swamp because a swamp is a viable ecosystem. It's a cesspool. And going forward, I really find it scary. I want to use your medical expertise, though, real quick, because we only have a couple minutes left. To talk about PTSD, obviously, serving in Afghanistan, you saw your fair share of that. I think it's going to cause a huge problem here among the civilian population. Well, I think the healthcare workers are, 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 are going to suffer from it. And it affects us in, in different, in different uh, ways to different people. I think those front line, those people, uh, the doctors and the nurses and the, and the respiratory therapists that are working in the ICUs and the emergency rooms, and they're seeing a lot of death like up in places like up in New York, and they're working long hours, they don't get a break. Um, you know, the president moved the military up there. I have friends up there that's, that's in New York City at Javits Center working now, and then they're doing 12-hour shifts. And, and, you know, the mercy and the comfort uh, are, are there. So the president has mobilized. But getting back to post-traumatic stress, uh, I call it a, a, a syndrome and not a disorder because when you, when you see a lot, of, a lot of deaths, a lot of traumatic deaths, uh, a, a lot of stress, like, and you're... you're, you're your adaptive mechanisms have ran out. You start having uh, health problems, health issues. So those folks, when this is over, I implore them to seek out the mental health professional and get the time, take time away, and try to try to refocus and regroup uh, because that will help them in the long run. I mean, it's helped me, um, you know, because every it's, 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 it's as unique as a free fingerprint how somebody reacts to post-traumatic stress. Uh, I've, I've had it because I've had to watch people die. I've had to watch people blown up. I've got shot at and had to do things under fire that you don't normally see in a, in a, uh, civilian emergency room. Uh, and the, the biggest thing is, is you have to find whatever your center is, whatever your individual center is and what brings you peace. And that would be your, your two kids in the background right now, Alyssa and Leah, yeah, giving be, you yeah. peace <laughs> or not. <laughs> that, a, a, that is, this is a working house. <laughs> but Lieutenant Colonel Jeffrey Clark, again, um, we met you at CPAC. I love the look on the guy's face when he asked you about serving and, and racial tensions and everything. And you said in a foxhole, the last thing that you were. That was work, the uh, atheist guy. Yeah, the atheist guy. And you said the last yeah. thing in a foxhole that you look at is the race of the guy next to you. Lieutenant Colonel Jeffrey Clark, military decorations include the Bronze Star, just like his dad. Again, some he also was awarded the Silver Star. There you go. Uh, there you go. The well, third highest award uh, that, uh, for valor that this country give, and that was the example. And uh, upon my retirement, I was awarded the Legion of Merit for my 31 years of service. Um, and what I did, I was just this kid from the south side of Chicago following, following in his dad's footsteps who really set the example, who, who really said, this is, this is how to be a man, this is how you lead, and he did it. Uh, and I, I, sometimes I feel like I'm not even fit to even though we had the same uh, shoe size, I'm not even fit to wear his shoes because he experienced far more 
during the Korean War as a, a black man from Mississippi. He he experienced far more uh, uh, racism and uh, uh death than I did with three tours in Afghanistan. And well, that's that's what that. that's what brought us to you, Colonel. Exactly. And you grew up three blocks from Michelle Obama. What a difference there. Jeffrey Clark, thank you so much for joining us here on Cowboy Logic Radio. And coming up next, the talk master, Neil Bortz. You know what makes you feel really good about yourself? Doing something good for somebody else. If you'd like to do that today, go to JDRF.org. Join them in the fight against type 1 diabetes. JDRF.org. It's something good you can do for the world. JDRF.org. December 16th, 1773. And now, what really happened at the Boston Tea Party? What are they doing? They're throwing all the king's tea and coffee into the harbor to protest taxation without representation. Do you think we should stop them? I really like my coffee. Come on, it's not American Pride Roasters. Yeah, that would be a Trebuchet mockery. American Pride Roasters, the choice coffee of real American patriots for over 250 years. That's right. Get yours today at AmericanPrideRoasters.com. Do you use the expensive blue or yellow pills to charge your sex life? Are you thinking about it? Mm. What if we can promise you the same results for less than $3 a pill? If you're paying $20 a pill for the other pills, you're getting taken to the cleaners. Our pills deliver the exact same results for less than $3. You'll save more than $16 a pill for the same results. And right now, radio callers will get 44 blue or yellow pills for $120 with free discreet shipping. You can save more than $700 off pharmacy prices. Charge your sex life now and save a ton of money. Call now and get your 44 pills and save over $700 and qualify for free shipping. Stop overpaying and call right now. 800-218-6473 800-218-6473 That's 800-218-6473 Hi, it's Doc Thompson for Matthew 25 Ministries. Matthew 25 Ministries is one of the few charities I'll actually endorse because I know them. I've worked with them. And I know almost all of the money that you donate goes to help people. Go to m25m.org. m25m.org. Back to Cowboy Logic Radio. I'm Donna Fiducia, along with Don Newen, and the Talk Master is back. 
Neil Bortz, ready to rant and rave, retired radio talk show host for 40-plus some odd years syndicated. He's in the Radio Hall of Fame, and he said all he wants to do is be introduced as the retired geezer now living in Naples, Florida. Well, Neil, this gives us more time to rant and rave, that's for sure. Well, yeah, I am. Let's... And you know, Naples Naples is full of women that call themselves geezer pleasers. <laughs> geezer pleasers. I don't even want to go there. I, I don't want to I go into... that was the... Uh... Uh, what's the place there outside of um, Leesburg? The villages. The villages. Oh, the villages. <laughs> oh, yeah, the villages. Full of geezer, please. They don't worry about uh, COVID nineteen at the villages. They got no, other things to worry I, about. I think. That, I think they're proving down there that Viagra may be a preventative. <laughs> Viagra and penicillin is a must too. But that's another yeah, story. Um, All right. You know, I just feel that it is unbelievably easy now to dupe the American people. And it's terrifying to me. I really feel the next thing is going to be your papers, please. Yes, exactly. I mean, I don't know who it was. Maybe it was Fauci that said that people, we may get to the point that people need to carry around documentation showing that they are have had uh, the uh, Wuhan flu or that they have been uh, inoculated and are immune to it. Yeah, and that's exactly that. May I see your papers, please? What are you doing in this neighborhood? What are you doing on this beach? What are you doing in this park? And the thing that really scares me also is that you have to follow the money trail in anything. And the people that I talk to still up in New York are are just dumber than a box of rocks. I'm sorry. They just think Cuomo is the be-all and end-all. Everything is Trump's fault. You've got Fauci Connected to Gilead Pharmaceuticals, George Soros, I believe that um, the Obama administration gave millions, something like almost four million dollars to the Wuhan viral whatever thing that is in Wuhan. Yeah, the research lab. The research yeah. lab. And again, Gilead Pharmaceuticals, as soon as Donald Trump mentioned hydrochloroquine, Fauci poo-pooed it. And I'm thinking, and that raises the red flag to me. And sure enough, well, he's associated with Gilead Pharmaceuticals, which makes the main competitor Remdesivir. Wow, I did not know that. See, I learned so much being on your podcast. I doubt but that. But you know, <laughs> the person who frightens me more than anybody else in this picture is this void surrounded by a sphincter muscle. Uh, Gretchen Whitmer in Michigan. Oh, yes. Oh, you betcha there. Hey, hey, Neil, you betcha. Okay, talk about her, eh? (laughs) Well, I have friends that live... Okay, you've heard me talk about Bugsy in the past. Uh, Bugsy was the program... He was my boss at, at WSB. He lives in Grand Rapids. He has a beautiful cabin on one of those lakes up there. I... I don't know. It's not Lake Michigan. It's the other lake. But a beautiful cabin on the lake. He wants to leave his house in the middle of a busy neighborhood and go stay in his cabin where he's relatively isolated. But under the rules set forth now by this governor up there, he's not allowed to do that. He, he can't leave his house for his cabin. And what's worse, uh, uh, what if you live in a city in Michigan, and your longtime girlfriend, who you've known for 20 years, uh, lives just down the street in another house. 
you are not allowed to leave your house and go to her house. You're not allowed. You're not allowed to leave your house and go have dinner with her uh, and engage. You know, maybe play a little pinochle uh, after the dinner is over. That's that's illegal. You could be jailed for that. Uh, this Whitmer up there in Michigan has just completely gone off the deep end. And she is loving. They had a protest outside the Capitol. She, well, because those protesters, uh, you know, didn't practice social distancing, I may have to extend the lockdown. Yeah. And she, she thinks she's going to be Joe Biden's vice presidential candidate. Oh, lovely. Well, that would be the nail hey, on the Neil, coffin. as as... As an as like the ultimate libertarian, this is just this whole thing's got to be driving you out of your mind. Well, if I didn't live on the beach, (laughs) (laughs) but anyway, look, we were going to restrict our social interaction for one purpose. When this all started, they said we're going to have to ask people to stay at home and close some stores and restaurants and what have you. For one purpose, this was universal. We're going to do this to dampen the curve so that uh, additional cases of uh, the will not overburden our hospitals and our capacity to take care of it. Okay, the curve has been dampened. That has been accomplished. We're no longer in a position where reasonable social interaction, going to the beach, uh, playing golf, or we're no longer in a position where that is going to cause such a spike that all of a sudden are going to be overrun. But now all of a sudden the change, uh, the, the tune has been changed. Oh, no, no, no. Dampening the curve is not enough. Now we have to see uh, a complete downturn and reduction in new cases. Uh, they get their restrictions in place, and then they change the rules. Yeah, That's we're not going to do anything at all to get back to normalcy until no one on the planet has this anymore. I mean, it's ridiculous. Neil, as, as a lawyer, do you feel that, um, that there's going to be heavy lawsuits brought against these governors and mayors that are that are seriously violating uh civil rights and and well, constitutional rights if they're acting in their capacity as a governor or a mayor it's going to be very very difficult to do very difficult i mean who needs to be sued the sheriff of uh no the state patrol i think it is no it's the sheriff i'm sorry in North Carolina. Did you see what they tweeted last week? No. Uh, uh, there was a demonstration at the Capitol, and the Capitol Police in North Carolina arrested one of the demonstrators, okay? And were really on the sheriff's office for this. And the sheriff actually, the sheriff's office sent out a tweet that said, protesting is not an essential activity does the bill of rights and ring a bell i mean i know well that's above jump- my pay grade Tucker. <laughs> 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 they i think he he may have said that don he did well that's what the governor the of new jersey said to tucker carlson how about the people actually in their church parking lot in kentucky 
during Easter services, sitting in their cars. Greenville, Greenville Mississippi. But well, yes. there's one in yeah, Kentucky and copy, too. Co- copying down license plates, you mean? Yeah, I mean this is unbelievable. Well, uh, look in this North Carolina situation. The people reacted violently against the sheriff's office. I thought the best response was, "Oh, I'm not allowed to protest here." And it was a, a picture of the Constitution. Yeah, I and, mean, <laughs> uh, these power corrupts, absolute power corrupts absolutely, and we've never seen that old adage brought to life more than we're seeing it right now. Well, I went ahead, uh, I think it might have been Wednesday or Thursday of last week, and I went ahead and I awarded the 16 electoral votes from Michigan. I went ahead and ele- I-, I awarded those to Donald J. Trump. <laughs> <laughs> this woman, this one, she w- she's going to be one and done. She's going to have uh, one, one term in office. And I mean, she, I'm sorry, she even looks evil, unlike that hot brunette they have in South Dakota. How about the... <laughs> hey, well, even Donna said she was attractive. I haven't seen her yet. Well, but South Dakota is opening up everything. We have friends in North Dakota. Again, follow the money trail. The governor of North Dakota sold out his tech firm in 2000 to Microsoft. He made millions. So what is he yeah. doing? And there's less than 10 deaths in the entire state of North Dakota. He's got everything closed down until the end of the month because he doesn't want to piss off Bill Gates and all of his virus guys that want, you know, your paperwork and put I mean there's no freaking way I am ever going to take a flu shot I got to be honest with you, or certainly one of these shots, because you don't know what's in it anymore. They're going to be able to track you properly without you knowing it. And you know what? A few years ago, I would have said I was nuts to say that. I don't think that anymore. Well, they're setting up the traffic, so- the tracking software uh, cooperatively with Google and uh, Google and who? Who else? I forget. I uh, Google probably Facebook. Apple, where? Uh, uh, if you have right now, it's voluntary. If you've had the virus, you can acknowledge that on your iPhone. And then as you walk around, uh, people near you will be notified that somebody near you has had COVID-19. Uh, and then how long, how many steps is it before that bald headed white guy over there in the corner has had COVID-19? Uh, we, we're just entering if the people of this country, and yes, people may die because of it, but we can't wait until there is no possibility of an additional case of COVID-19 before we start opening up the social and business life of this country. People are going to die. That is just the way it is. And we can't shut down this country until there's no chance of another death. But that's what some of the politicians seem to be aiming at. Don does the best Bernie Sanders. People will die. (laughs) Neil, let me tell you, people will die. (laughs) All right, let's go to the national Uh, level now. This is the whole boiling frog theory. You keep turning up the heat, and the the frog is really happy swimming around in that pot until, whoops, he realizes he's boiling to death and it's too late to get out. Now you've got Stretch Pelosi up there. 
in her house, her $7 million mansion with walls around it in San Francisco, with homeless people a few miles away living on the streets in droves. And she's out there with her $5,000 sub-zero refrigerators, two of them side by side in her kitchen showing off all her high end ice cream to late show talk hosts talk show hosts but she and she's still being paid and she can't come back to DC and vote for another 300 billion while while small businesses are going under right and left you know uh, two things first of all that sounds like the refrigerator in my motor coach i bet uh, and <laughs> but yeah. do you have two <laughs> but you've only got one of them she's got two oh. side by side well, I have two Fanny washing toilets. Oh, okay. I bet she doesn't have that. <laughs> You've got the bidet, buddy? Have you seen the bidet, buddy? That's the latest thing to save on toilet paper. <laughs> it's a little thing that well, you can stick on your toilet, and it's sold out. Oh, <laughs> uh, now listen. Uh, I, don't, I didn't need that because in the, well, at home here, too. Toto's here, here at home. And then, oh, I love this. Uh, they start talking about how the Japanese per capita consumption of toilet slow. Every single one of those people over there washes their butt with their their toto every time they drop an Obama. <laughs> what do you really think? You know. Wait a minute. What what's a toto? Toilet. Toto, T-O-T-O. Haven't you it's seen the those? number one maker of... Oh, one the, the brand of toilet, yes. Yes, I always yeah, thought yeah, of that, because yeah. Don likes the group Toto, and he was wondering where they got the name from. Well... <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> uh, yeah, but, have, but we uh, have Bemis. <laughs> we have a Bemis okay. cow pedal. We have a Bemis and a butthead. I call it the Bemis cow pedal. <laughs> cow pedal? Cow pedal. All right. Fauci in okay, January... I lost. Really. <laughs> Fauci in January on Newsmax said this is not something to worry about. Fauci has been there for 40 years. Again, yeah. he's making millions off of all this stuff with Gilead Pharmaceuticals, George Soros, and quite frankly, a lot of the work being done in the Wuhan viral lab. So he's up there as late as January saying it's nothing to worry about. Trump, on January 31st, puts in the Chinese travel ban. He's called a xenophobe yeah. and everything else. Still, Don't Pelosi, in late February, is saying, oh, go have Chinese New Year and celebrate. No big deal. And Fauci, I believe, as late as the, the 21st of February, pretty much said the same thing. It's not going to come here. No big deal. Well, if this guy is so great, and Dr. Scarf, which... He also hired and whose daughter works for the Gates Foundation and whose husband is a lobbyist for Bill Clinton. If you have this situation, I mean, again, this is the only thing I find Donald Trump has fault with. He lets stuff sit there and I think he's trying to get people to kind of come around to his way of thinking. These guys are the pros and yet he's called it better than any of them just based on his instinct. Yeah. At what point does the country die? You know, well, it's it is going to be so difficult now to bring our account, economy back. And you know what that brings me to? What? I, I, I may have mentioned this to you the last time I was on with you. Uh, drastic times need a drastic solution. And bringing this country back to economic viability uh Growing businesses, businesses coming into this country from all over the world, uh, 
it's going to take a drastic change in our uh, system of governments, governance and taxation. Uh, and right now, I think it is a brilliant time uh, for somebody, not me, for somebody to grab this fair tax thing and run with it. All right, yeah, explain again, because yeah, a lot did. of people don't know. You brought that know. up last time. Let's, let's hit that again. Yeah, we got some time now. Well, yeah, but I, it, it takes a while. I mean, you can go to fairtax.org, F-A-I-R-T-A-X.org on the Internet. Everything is there uh, about how to do it. But it's replacing all of the taxes that individuals and businesses in this country pay, all of them replacing and that includes uh well just everything and replacing them with one national inclusive sales tax uh where everything you buy a certain percentage of the money you pay for that item is sent off to the federal government and i mean you talk about people suffering after being furloughed or losing their jobs, getting a new job, and then thinking, wow, I'm going to get 100% of my paycheck every two weeks. I'm never going to have to file a federal tax return again in my life. And more than that, and I still think this is the central brilliance of the fair tax, I'm going to get a check. In, you know, the same way they're dispersing these these stimulus checks, I'm going to get a deposit in my checking account equal to the amount of this sales tax that I'm going to spend in the following month on all the basic necessities for my family. Now, now think about that. You don't pay a penny in taxes to the federal government until you've taken care of your family's basic needs uh, and... Uh, and then the uh, you have uh, you keep paying the sales tax, but you're now uh, already gobbled up the check you received for the sales tax on necessities. Businesses can operate with no tax on capital. Businesses can operate with no tax on labor. If you want something that is going to take this economy and kick it to the stars when this is all over. That's the way to do it. They can't even get rid of the payroll tax for the rest of the year. They have to give $25 million to the Kennedy Center. I mean, Pelosi is reprehensible. I, I, can't, I don't understand how she's even allowed to operate like this. Before this whole thing came down, Social Security was going to be bankrupted in, in about 13 years. You can't think this is definitely going to be even less time than that now. I mean, the whole... Donna, do you know... Do you know that most people in this country think there's a Social Security trust fund? Oh, I remember Al Gore uh, saying lockbox, lockbox, and that was yeah, 20 years I, ago. <laughs> I would say that 90% of the people in this country believe that there is a Social Security trust fund, that all of the money they pay in Social Security taxes goes into this trust fund where it's uh, getting interest and uh, ready to pay them back when they are ready to collect Social Security, they do not realize that under Lyndon B. Johnson, the Democrats said, we need all of that Social Security money to buy votes with social programs 
So they took it. They took all of it mm-hmm. and replaced it with IOUs. Yep. And this this sounds like hyperbole, but it's not. There is no Social Security trust fund. It only exists in the form of IOUs that are in a filing cabinet in West Virginia. And another $2 trillion essentially overnight. Remember, $5 billion for the wall seemed like a totally you know, impossible thing to have, but it's okay if we get to a couple trillion and then we got to push for voting by mail. I mean, the the Democrats, I got to hand it to them. They never stop. And this is, uh, you know, it's obviously bankrupting the country. And I just hope uh, we're not past the point of no return. Well, people say, oh, the debt, oh, the debt, the debt, the quickest way that this country pays off debt, the quickest way that this country in the past has reached balanced budgets is through economic growth. And any system that we can put into place right now that will supercharge economic growth, that is the way we are going to generate the federal revenues through that growth that are going to pay off this national debt, reduce our debt, and put us on a, on a better footing. But there is, well, the fair tax is in Congress right now, is HB 25, I think. But it's not getting any attention. And right now, if somebody would just pick up the ball and say, this is the way to get our economy going, kick-started when this is over. And um, I'm going to do a Facebook video about that, I think, even though I'm ugly. That would be a great thing. Is Trump a fan of this? Mike Pence is. All right, okay, well, that's good. good. Uh, Neil, let me reintroduce you here. We're talking to the talk master, Neil Bortz, now retired geezer living in Naples, Florida. But for 40-some-odd years, he was a syndicated radio talk show host. And uh, we just loved listening to you, Neil. And by the way, that retired geezer comment is what Neil told us to introduce him as. Go to fairtax.org, F-A-I-R oh, tax. I just had a birthday. You did? So you're even an older yeah. geezer. <laughs> I just had a birthday last week. Well, happy birthday. You know, Neil, yeah. that birthdays are like boogers. Why is that? The more that you have, the harder they get to breathe. <laughs> Connectpal.com slash Bortscast is where you can hear his rants. But it'd be great if he does a, a fair tax YouTube rant as well. Yeah, Connectpal.com slash Bortscast. And, and I list, I missed the punchline on that. Uh, booger thing. Okay, oh. birthdays are like boogers. The more you have, the harder it is to breathe. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. Oh, you, you want a little booger anecdote? Oh no, <laughs> let's have one. <laughs> well, uh, I had this. I had this friend. He was a dear friend, but he was so persnickety. Uh, I mean, just you, if you moved something, a cup on a shelf in his living room, he'd come in there and instantly he'd know that it was moved and he'd move it back to where it was. Anyway, so he has this brand new gorgeous Lincoln and uh, and he's taking us for a ride. And, and so I'm sitting behind him and boy, I, uh, I pull a prize winner out of my nose <laughs> and I, I, I lean forward and I wave it under his face and I say, hey, Rick, where do I wipe these things in this car? <laughs> and what was his response? I bet he stopped he, oh, and he, threw you out. <laughs> he, he almost drove off the road. Uh, he, 
Yeah, oh, of course, man. Hey, of Listen. course, my wife <laughs> Here's what I was going to do, because we've now got two and a half minutes left, and at about three and a half minutes, I was planning on, on asking the great Neil Bortz, in his opinion, to unpack why this is all happening, because nobody can unpack something better than you. And we ended up going into Boogers. pulling a prize winner. Boogers. <laughs> it was. No, the reason that this thing has gone the way it has is twofold. Donald Trump is president, and this whole thing would be reported on by the media completely differently if Barack Obama was still in the White House and completely differently if it wasn't an election year. The media instantly saw this is our chance to bring the bad orange man down. And uh, they have done everything they can to make it about Donald Trump and how evil and horrible he is and how many people have died because of him. Do you think it'll backfire on them in November? I hope so. I do, too. I hope so. I mean, you you look I at Joe so. Biden. I mean, it, it really does show Trump derangement syndrome with some of these people. How can you actually even think this guy is a viable candidate? It's really scary. So obviously we're going to be looking at who the vice president could be. Donald has has said for years that it it could be Michelle Obama. And that's pretty scary to me, too. Oh, Neil- oh God, I hope so. But how about <laughs> Stacey Abrams? Well, yeah, I was really. going to ask you if you thought that Biden could close the gap a little bit, the <laughs> gap in between oh, the gap in terrible. between him and Trump. If you, you brought Stacey Abrams into it, just all close right. the gap I'm leaving it a little that. bit. All right, Neil, un- unfortunately, we all know this is <laughs> this is the attack on the middle class. They've closed down the entire country. They couldn't close down the government, but they it's OK to close down the entire country. Otherwise, that's all right. Fairtax.org. Yeah, make, make Trump look bad doing it. Exactly. Fairtax.org is where uh, you'll find Neil's latest. And connectpal.com slash Bortzcast is also uh, where you can find everything about Neil Bortz. Neil, we love you. And I always close with a saying, this one from Aristotle. And it's so apropos. Tolerance and apathy are the last virtues of a dying society. Neil Bortz, (laughs) thank you so much for joining us here on Cowboy Logic Radio. Everybody, this closes another show. We thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. And in the meantime, God bless America. been listening to cowboy logic radio unfiltered politically incorrect common sense find us on the web at cowboylogic.us and join our facebook group cowboy logic restoring america forum that's cowboy logic radio unfiltered politically incorrect common sense
This is the seditious, rabble-rousing, liberty-loving, home of fun, entertaining, and compelling talk. Mojo Five O. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.